Okay, everyone, we are here. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio. Good place to be at this time every Monday through Friday. Glad to have you here. Today we're going to begin a brand new series. I like this one. And you know what it does? I mean, you know what it is? It's like, it's about understanding the mission of Jesus. And the reason more people aren't walking with God is because they don't understand the mission of Jesus. They don't. We want to kind of delve into that in this series. You know, Jesus had a wonderful mission, didn't he? And I wish more people understood that mission. I think one of the greatest heartaches in life is to be misunderstood, wouldn't you say? Maybe that happened to you. In other words, you know your intentions are pure and your motives are right, but someone else, they, well, they don't see it that way. And when that happens, that can be painful. So, as God's people, we always want to have the right understanding of Jesus, who he is, what he wants to do. You know, even among his own people, there are times that he's misunderstood. I mean, Jesus even said of himself, wow, he came unto his own, and his own, they didn't understand him. His family didn't understand him. The, his race didn't understand him. So many people didn't understand Jesus, but you do. And that's why this series is so important. Because he wants you to know something. You know what he wants you to know? That you are beautiful in his sight. He wants you to know that. Others may not see your beauty. Hey, you might not even see your beauty. But Jesus does. Oh, yes, he does. We're going to begin with a prophecy about Jesus written hmm, 600, nope, 700 years before he came. 700 years, that's pretty good. And yet one day in the synagogue, Jesus was called upon to read. They would take turns reading every Saturday. The rabbis would get up and read from the scriptures. This particular day, they called on Jesus. And you know what he read? <laughs> he read a scripture about himself. He read from Isaiah chapter 61. And here's what he read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and freedom to prisoners. Jesus is describing himself, but yet it's through the words of the prophet Isaiah. He came to bring the good news, he said. It's the word eulogizo. And it means the gospel. The gospel is good news. It is. The gospel is God loves you so much that he sent his son 
to die for you. That if you would just believe in him, you'll have everlasting life. That's good news. And I want you to notice the condition of the audience that Jesus came to. Those who were afflicted. They were depressed. They were needy. They were poor. It's not just being needy, but you know what? It's knowing that you are needy. A lot of folks are needy, but they don't know it. And I don't mean in a materialistic sense. They're needy of God, and they don't know it. Some of you may be familiar with the story of The Emperor's New Clothes by Hans Christian Andersen. Remember that fable? Sadly, I don't think our young generation is growing up with the ancient literature like Hans Christian Andersen, Aesop's fables. They all had good learning lessons. So here's how this fable went. The emperor, oh, he was a very vain man, and he cared nothing about ruling his kingdom. He only cared about dressing and fine clothing. One day, two swindlers came to town, and they let it be known that they were weavers, oh, of the most magnificent fabrics and colors. Not only were their colors and patterns uncommonly fine, but clothes made of this cloth had a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who was unfit for his office or who was unusually stupid. Huh. Those would be just the right clothes for me, thought the emperor. If I wore them, I'd be able to discover which men in my empire are unfit for their posts. And I could tell the wise men from the foolish men. He said, oh, yes, I certainly must get some of that stuff woven for me right away. And he paid the two swindlers a large sum of money, and they started work at once. When the outfit was finally brought to him, he said, what's this? He said to himself, I can't see anything. This is terrible. Oh, am I a fool? Am I unfit to be the emperor? Oh, what a thing to happen to me, of all people. So rather, the emperor said, Oh, it's very pretty. It has my highest approval. And he nodded at the empty loom. He said, Yes, I see. Nothing could make him say that he couldn't see anything. So he put the clothes on. And all the people of the kingdom not wishing to look like fools either, they all agreed, oh, it's a very stunning outfit. And the king made a profession, a procession down through the streets so all the people could see him. And they all expressed their admiration, except one little boy. And the little boy cried out, hey, the emperor has no clothes. It took the innocence of a child to discern the truth and acknowledge it. Now, the gospel is for all people. But one's need must be first to recognize that you have a need for it. That's the first thing. We have to recognize that we have a need for the good news of Christ. See, the, the emperor was foolish because he didn't see. Wait a minute. He had a wrong understanding of what that outfit was, and he was swindled. 
And I think that when people have a wrong understanding of Christ, you know what? They get swindled too. So Jesus said, here's who I am. My Father sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Now, who are the brokenhearted? You know, it speaks of those who are broken in pieces in the inner man. Broken dreams, broken wishes, broken desires, anything broken. Anything broken, you have a difficult time thinking. You know, that's so many of us, isn't it? How many of us listening could say, I've been broken. Oh, I've been broken. I feel broken right now. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus came for you. Oh, yes, he did. He said, I came for those that are captives. Speaks of those like carried away into captivity under the control of something else. Now, when you think about these pictures that Jesus is describing, those he came for, none of them emit any kind of beauty, do they? Or desire, right? Captives, broken, afflicted. We don't see any beauty in that. But this was a message of hope. It was a message of hope to Israel for the bondage that they found themselves in. And it's a message for people of all generations, for those difficult places in life where you feel like you've been carried away, even against your own will. You find yourself in a situation, how did I get here? This is not my doing, and I can't get out. Jesus said, I came to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Wow, what a mission. What's the favorable year of the Lord? Well, you know what that's called? The year of Jubilee. In Leviticus 25, it says, This 50th year is sacred. It's a time of freedom and of celebration when everyone will receive back their original property and slaves will return home to their families. The year of Jubilee was a year when all debts were paid. They were all forgiven, basically. It was a year of rest, of celebration. And Jesus came. He's going to proclaim that. But for us, that's going to take place. Here it comes when he comes and gets us. Oh, yeah. When he comes and gets his bride. That's us. And he takes us home. He said, I came to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning or grieving. I came to give them the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Oh, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So what's the Lord talking about here? He's talking about this garland instead of ashes. What is a garland? A garland was a headdress. Ladies wore it on their heads. And he's going to take off the ashes of your brokenness and replace it with a garland of beauty. I like the way the King James says it. I will give you beauty 
for your ashes. Beauty for ashes. See, in the East, back in those days, it was common for people to wear sackcloth or burlap. They put on burlap because it wasn't comfortable, and they throw dust over their heads and ashes, and that's how they would express their grief. The ashes was an expression of their sorrow and their mourning and their grief. And I'm sure there have been times in your own life, I know in mine, I felt that way. I felt like throwing ashes over my head. I felt like nothing but ashes. Ashes represent what is left after loss, after the fire. It's just ashes. That's it. So here's the promise. Here's the promise Jesus is making. In your grief and in your sorrow and in your pain and in your confusion, I will make you beautiful. I will give you a beautiful garland, a diadem for your head. That's a crown that will restore your beauty and give you hope. See, sometimes in this world, things are taken from us. Important things. And Jesus comes and says, you know what? I'm going to restore what you've lost. He's going to do it. He told a story about a young girl. She was going to get married, but she lost one of the coins in her headpiece. The significance of the headpiece was the completion of her beauty. She's like, I can't get married. My wedding outfit is incomplete unless I find the coin. So she called all of her girlfriends over, and they swept the house clean looking for the coin. And then they found it. Oh, she rejoiced. They all rejoiced, and she put it back in the headpiece. Now I can get married. Now I'm complete. Oh, she was so happy. For many of you right now, there is a special headpiece. It's called a crown. And you know, this crown waits for you. Jesus has it right now. And it waits for you. And we find mention of this crown in 2 Timothy 4, in verse 8, where the Apostle Paul said, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. But you know what? Here's the good news. <laughs> he didn't stop there. Oh, no, he kept going. And not only to me, but also who have loved his appearing. He said, oh, there's a special crown. It goes to people who can't wait to see Jesus. He has a crown for you. And what is that crown? That crown, that's a crown of beauty. Oh, it's going to make you even more beautiful. Even more. You know, like I said, sometimes you might see your own beauty, but God does. Oh, God looks at you. He says, you're beautiful. When God the Father presents his bride to Jesus in heaven, the church is the bride. He's going to say, son, here's your bride. We're going to be married to the Lord. And he's going to say, oh, Father, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. That's us. Beautiful in the sight of God. 
See, here's how simple this is. Jesus, he just wants to be wanted. Wanted by you. No matter who you are, what you've done, what you're going through, he wants to be wanted by you. And there's something even better than that. You know what that is? He not only wants to be wanted by you, he wants you. I'm like, what? He wants you. He wants you just the way you are. Yes, in your sorrow, in your grief, in your mourning. Maybe in your joy and in your happiness too. It doesn't matter. There's no better feeling than to be wanted, right? Isn't it great to be wanted? And, and that's why rejection is so painful. Because rejection is like, I'm not wanted. Why am I not wanted? Do I have no value? Do I have no beauty? Do I have no importance? But when we know that Jesus wants us, you know what that sends? That sends the message, oh, I do have value. I do have beauty. I do have importance. See, for Christ to want you means that he thinks very highly of you. Let me tell you something. He thinks highly, more highly of me than I think of myself. And he thinks more highly of many people than they think of themselves. He says, I'm going to give you the oil of gladness instead of mourning or sorrow or grieving. Oil, many times in the Bible, it stands for the Holy Spirit. It can stand for joy. You know, oil makes the engine run smoothly, right? You know, in your car, if you don't get the oil changed, you can have some engine problems. We need oil. You're always changing the oil. Well, this oil helps us to run smoothly. It's oil for the heart. You need oil for the heart. If you don't have oil for the heart, your life, you're like the tin man. Tin man, he's... When it rains, he gets rusty. And Dorothy had to come and put the oil on him. Oil him up. He could move again. God gives us oil. Oil of gladness. Instead of the grieving and the sorrow and the mo But you see, we gotta want him. You gotta want him. Like I said, he wants to be wanted. Who doesn't? Even Jesus wants to be wanted. You want to be wanted. I want to be wanted. Even Jesus wants to be wanted. Everybody does. It's part of who we are. He says, I'll give you the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. A mantle, well, it's a garment. It's something the prophets wore. They wore you can, oh, that guy's a prophet. How can you tell? Because he's wearing that garment. That special manting, a shoulder piece, so to speak. So he says, I'm going to give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So what does a garment do? It covers you, right? Think of a cloak. It covers you. It goes from the neck all the way down to the ground. So a garment of praise signifies, wow, to be covered in praise. You're in a point, you're in a place where, you know what? You're going to praise God. We're going to praise God, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. 
not because of what we're doing, but because of what God is doing. See, praise goes to God because he's worthy of our praise because he let his son take our judgment on the cross so we could be forgiven and we could be brought back to him. So we praise him. So we can all agree life on earth, it's difficult. Even for the Christian. You know, let's be honest. Being a Christian doesn't mean life will be easier. It doesn't. Sometimes these preachers, they get there and like, you know, become a Christian, all your problems go away. No. You become a Christian, you still have struggles and trials and tribulations. You still have a hard time finding the right job. You still might have a hard time with your health. You still might have a hard time with finding the right place to live. Or you might have troubled kids. Or you might have all kinds of things going on. But the beauty of being a Christian is, you know what? I've got hope in God. And he's going to take my ashes and he's going to make me beautiful. Matter of fact, when he sees me right now, I'm beautiful. So yeah, the life is, can be difficult for all people. But what God gives us is the wisdom of his word, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and the promise of eternal salvation. That's the benefit of being a Christian. Those three things are so important that no one else has. Wisdom from his word, comfort from the Holy Spirit, and the assurance of heaven. Guaranteed, without a doubt. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He wants us with him. See, he wants us. So even in your ashes, God can and God will make you beautiful. It's what he promised to do. And it's what he will do. That's the business God is in. See, that's why how many people have the wrong understanding of God? They don't understand him. And some people, they don't understand him to the degree that they even deny his existence. Why does someone deny the existence of God? Because they don't understand him. That's all. Misunderstanding. And then there are those, they take it even a level deeper, and they hate God. Wow. There are people that hate God. Why? Because they don't understand them. See, that's what misunderstanding does. Misunderstanding gives us the wrong perception. And when you don't understand, that's, what, that's how fights start. Misunderstanding. That's the beginning of divorce. Misunderstanding. Everything that's wrong in life begins with misunderstanding. But you don't want to misunderstand God. Because then you miss out on the beauty that God is and the beauty he wants to bring into your life. Oh, he does. He's going to give you his beauty for your ashes. He is. It's what he promised. Now, next time we're together, we're going to see a crown of beauty. Oh, it's going to get better. We're going to look at a crown of beauty. We're going to see where does it come from?
And how do you get it? Would you like a crown of beauty from the Lord Jesus? He wants you to have it. Oh, he certainly does. So we're going to learn, well, where does this crown come from? And how can I get this crown? Oh, I want that crown. Because you see, you should want it. You know why? Everybody wants to be beautiful. Why not? Why not? Everybody wants to be beautiful. And it's the kind of beauty that only God can give. Oh, God does this. He makes us beauty. He takes our, like we just read, takes our grief, our sorrow, our mourning, and he turns it into joy. He turns it into praise. Man, only God can do that. And you might be sitting there today saying, oh, I wish he'd do it for me. He will. He will. He wants you. Do you want him? That's the question. He wants you. That's without a doubt. We've already established that. Do you want him? That's where it begins. That's where we begin to benefit from who Jesus is by wanting him. So I hope you really think about that. Too many people are missing out on what God wants to give and what God wants to do. Don't be one of them. Don't be one of them. You can talk to anybody that knows the Lord, and they can tell you, yes, life doesn't become easier, but it sure does become more joyful or more fulfilling or more content. You know, the positive things of life can be found in Christ. They are. And we, make, we can miss out on many, many positive things if we miss out on Jesus. So what we need to do is get to know him for who he really is is and don't make the mistake of misunderstanding the lord in all of his beauty i want to invite you to join the hope club Get a daily devotional in your email box every Monday through Friday. Yes, you will. Just go to newhopecc.tv, click the giving button, then click e-giving, go to the radio fund, just come here $3 a week, that's it. You know what that does? Keeps us on the radio, keeps us on the air. Fill out the info, hit submit, and you'll be on the email list and you'll get a beautiful, very comforting devotional by me every Monday through Friday in your email box. So I hope you'll do that and thank you for coming along and I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.